The Miami Hurricanes beat Bethune-Cookman 70-13. to Here's what stood out. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host of a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Smiling, right? We're all smiling. Uh, you know, the Hurricanes put up 70, beat Bethune-Cookman. I know it's Bethune-Cookman, uh, but there was a lot of good. There was more good than bad in yesterday's opening game, and I'm very happy for Mario Cristobal getting his first W as head coach of the Canes. So on this episode, we're going to go over my three biggest takeaways, and a couple bonus points will be made as well. We're not going to stay completely religious with the three takeaways thing, because first game of the season we have a lot to talk about but takeaway number one this really stood out to me and it should have stood out to all of you a job well done by the offensive line and by Miami's running backs and yes I know it's only Bethune Cookman that's the last time I'm going to say that by the way just assume anytime I bring up players and units that did really well instead of dropping us a comment like bro it was only Bethune Cookman I've said it. I've said my piece on it. I understand it. Uh, My primary objective heading into that opening game was controlling the line of scrimmage, especially on the offensive side of the football. You can see already the physicality and the mentality of that O-line has improved. And it's always a good sign for the offensive line. Miami sets a team record, seven rushing touchdowns in the game. Miami ran for 305 team yards, 305. Get it? That was cool. That was a cool stat. And Miami's running backs averaged 7.3 yards per carry. I'll take that. And yes, they did that, even though Jalen Knighton, the rooster, who's one of Miami's top two running backs, did not dress. I understand that's precautionary. Uh, He was a little bit banged up to the end of fall camp. I think they just decided, let's not risk rooster. And they they didn't need rooster yesterday. Henry Parrish, who was the starter and the leading carrier, the leading rusher yesterday, transferred from Ole Miss. He looks as good as advertised, Parrish. 14 carries, 108 yards, three touchdowns, 7.7 yards per carry. And uh, we saw a little bit of Henry Parrish as well as a receiver out of the backfield. He's very natural as a pass catcher, caught three balls for 25 yards in the game. We also saw a lot of good early and often from Thad Franklin. Thaddeus reminds us yet again that he is more than just a short yardage back. He is a short yardage back, correct, but he's also a well-rounded back. Big Thad averaged 8.7 yards per carry in this game with 78 yards on nine attempts, and he scored two touchdowns. Thad and Parrish basically made the end zone their campground. It was like their second home yesterday. Five touchdowns between the two of those guys. Uh, And Parrish and Franklin, the aforementioned, They were the only two scholarship running backs to suit up yesterday. We had several walk-ons contribute, which is nice to see. Honestly, I think we have a couple of walk-ons on this team, a couple of walk-on running backs that maybe deserve scholarships if there's any available. Show favorite Devon Perry. And by the way, I think I've been mispronouncing his name for months. I think it's Devon. I've been calling him Devin 
Can you forgive me, Mr. Perry? I'm going to try to get that right from now on. But Perry, he scored a touchdown. Kane's legacy, Terrell Walden. Uh, he got into the end zone. Son of uh, Terrell Sr., Terrell II gets in the end zone. Transfer Lucius Stanley out of UAB, who's barely been on the team for a week. Like, this guy just gets off a plane from Birmingham. He gets six carries for 42 yards late in this game. So it was nice to see him suit up and get some action. And so, okay, that's on the running backs. And also keep in mind, you know, I mentioned Jalen Knighton didn't suit up. Uh, Don Chaney obviously is going to miss some time here. I think he's going to be back hopefully within the next three to four weeks. So at some point, Don Chaney's going to rejoin this running back group. Uh, Henry Parrish, I would imagine, probably will be ready to suit up next week. So a, a really thin running back core did a lot of solid damage on Saturday. And reinforcements are coming in, yet they were pretty good yesterday despite that. But all of this on the ground, guys, it all started up front with the offensive line. Now, Miami did in the first half. They had an injury scare with center Ja'Kai Clark. Uh, but he did return briefly to the game later on. And Cristobal said he expects both Ja'Kai Clark and also on the defense, Leonard Taylor, who left the game with injury. He expects them both to be okay moving forward, which is great news. I hope that's the case. But we'll we'll circle back to the defense. Let's stay with the offense here, okay? True freshman Inez Cooper, who's a monster. I liked what I saw from him. Justice Olawazian and John Campbell also, they graded out especially well in run blocking yesterday. Jalen Rivers was mauling and pulling in the run game early. I love to see that. In pass protection, the O-line did not give up a single sack yesterday. I will take that every day of the week. Um, this is kind of a bonus point for, for this first takeaway. Miami's quarterbacks, they were good. They were efficient, okay? Miami's passing attack, uh, it was very conservative, you know, personally. And tell me if you guys agree. I thought they could have taken a few few more shots downfield. I know they didn't need to, but I thought they could have taken a few more shots downfield just to try to get these receivers a little bit more confidence. But they they kept things very buttoned up overall in the passing game. But you really couldn't ask more from your quarterbacks than what they gave you yesterday. Tyler Van Dyke, the starter, um, specifically the throw the TVD made to Xavier Restrepo for 52 yards. That was an NFL quality throw. That's why TVD is projected by some to be a first round pick and no worse than a second round pick really by any of the talent evaluators. We'll see if he keeps reinforcing that on the field, but TVD looked great. We know he's a leader on and off the field. He went 13 for 16, 193 yards in two touchdowns. You know, Jake Garcia uh, came in, I think late third quarter was when he debuted midway to late third quarter was literally perfect. I mean, you can't ask for any better than eight for eight, eight for eight for 84 yards for Garcia. And as far as the receivers go, like if you had any doubts, I think we had it more than confirmed yesterday that X Restrepo, he is Tyler Van Dyke's go-to receiver. He is target number one. We don't really know yet who target number two is going to be, but X is target one. He had a hundred yards receiving and a touchdown was targeted five times, had five catches in the game. No drops, by the way, which was good. So, you know, I, I can talk about how the passing game was a little conservative. We don't know who the second best receiver is on the team, but they didn't drop any balls. I was pleased with that. Um, I was happy to see, by the way, in the tight end room. Yeah, we saw some good stuff early on from Mallory, who I think was on a snap count. You know, he had been banged up throughout camp, but he started, played pretty well. Elijah Arroyo played well. And I was happy in the second half to see true freshman tight end Jaleel Skinner catch a 30-yard pass. 
I think he's going to be one of the great tight ends of the future at Miami. So that was awesome. So that was takeaway number one on the offense. Let's go to the defense for our second takeaway. There was a lot of good, but there was some bad. The defense still needs work. Unfortunately, we haven't yet fully transitioned away from the Manny Diaz defense, I'm afraid. Uh, overall, even in a game like this, I didn't think Miami tackled particularly well, especially when you consider the inferior opposition, okay? They had some trouble containing mobile quarterbacks, which hopefully is not a bad sign for the future. Hopefully they can clean that up. Uh, I think the stat that surprised me most from the Canes defense was only having two sacks on the day. And I think Miami's defensive line, I still think they're very good and they're going to be really disruptive throughout the year. I was just a little bit surprised because Miami's D-line was the top story all fall camp for how dangerous and how deep they are. Uh, two, sackle, two sacks, two sacks, two sacks and only five tackles for a loss. Uh, I thought we would get more. So I'm, I'm nitpicking. I thought we would get more. Now, they did record 18 quarterback hurries, which is a good number. Uh, but they typically didn't contain those quarterbacks well after they hurried them. So it's something to look at. Um, and yeah, Miami's defensive backfield, they got cooked a few times in coverage. There's no question about it. DJ Ivy, who had a great fall camp, but, you know, showed some of the old vintage DJ Ivy stuff, not in a good way out there. He had some issues early on. Even Tyreek Stevenson, who I have a lot of faith in, got beaten for a big play in the first half. Now, on the bright side... I do love the playmaking ability that Miami saw on their three interceptions in the game. Cam Kinchin's interception. Uh, we'll talk about the celebration that came afterwards, but Cam Kinchin's interception, that was a thing of beauty. That was a beautiful catch. Gilbert Frierson had an INT and he took it to the house, right? Seeing defensive touchdowns, it reminds you of, you know, better days for Miami's defense. Like you think back more to like the 2017 defense versus the, 2020 and 2021 defense James Williams gets a pick as well we know Miami's safeties are really good um, as far as the defensive line goes I thought transfer Akeem Mesador who had a sack on the day I thought he was maybe the best defensive player on the field four tackles that sack that he recorded he looks really really good he looks good as advertised I'm also going to give big time credit and a shout out to Corey Flagg Corey Flagg, who despite some of you being surprised, I wasn't surprised. We've been saying it all last week. He was Miami's starter at Mike Linebacker. And Corey Flagg was literally, statistically, Miami's best tackler yesterday. You can see why he earned that week one start. And Caleb Johnson was also, I think he was Miami's second best statistical tackler yesterday. So hopefully this is good signs for the linebacker room. And I also thought, I've always got to throw a shout out to my guy, I thought Daryl Jackson, the transfer D-tackle and show favorite who transferred in from Maryland, I thought he did well also. And we saw some good from Leonard Taylor as well. He left the game injured. Mario Cristobal says he expects LT to be okay. So our next takeaway is coming up, and it's on Mario Cristobal and on the team mentality because, guys, we are clearly seeing signs that these coaches are holding their players to a far different standard a far different standard than recent regimes we have to talk about that right after we talk about built bars oh if you haven't tried the built bar puffs yet you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys there's a new flavor 
delicious indulgent cookie dough. I literally ate two of those yesterday. They're so good. Covered in chocolate. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. And guys, Built Bars, they help me get through game days because, you know, I, I work basically all throughout Hurricanes game days. And so sometimes I'll go like, seven eight hours nine hours without like eating a meal and i had a couple of those cookie dough chunk built bars and they got me through man i'm telling you you are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff whether you need a snack for your workout a late night treat or just grab a quick bite built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar ditch the calories the fat and the sugar and grab yourself a built bar go to built.com use promo code locked on 15 keep in mind the new promo code Locked on 15. You get 15% off your order. Use promo locked on 15. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods, and available free on YouTube. Help us achieve our YouTube goal. Guys, our channel, we're, uh, I think we're over 4,600 subscribers now on YouTube. We're growing fast, but our goal is we want to pass 5K by the Texas A&M game, September 17th. We got less than two weeks. We want to pass 5K subscribers by September 17th. So throw us a solid. If you watch these videos and you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button, tell your friends, make sure you subscribe to the audio channels as well. Take us with you wherever you go, but hit subscribe on YouTube and help us reach our goal of 5,000 subscribers. So for our next uh, takeaway, we go to Mario Cristobal. Mario will not accept any nonsense, and I love it. I think it's important. We heard about some stuff leading up to game week. These guys, they're no longer allowed to bring phones into meeting rooms, which kind of seems like a no-brainer, right? I I don't know why previous coaches allowed them to bring their phones into meeting rooms because you know how that goes. Guys are going to be looking at their Twitters under the table or their snaps or what. I don't know what the college kids are using these days. But yeah, it's, guys are going to be distracted. They're not allowed to have video games in the team hotel the night before games. That seems like a no-brainer. Uh, and as far as Cristobal, you saw what happened after the Cam Kinchins interception, which was a beautiful play on the field. But the team celebration got the team flagged for a 15-yard penalty Mario was not happy. It was intense the way he got up in their faces. And Mario said afterwards, it's all about teachable moments. That was a teachable moment. We've come a long way from the turnover chain. And I'm fine. I just want to make plays and win games, okay? Uh, I'd much rather win a game than lose a game by 21 points and see somebody wearing a turnover chain on the sideline. That's just me. Mario wants to keep these guys focused and professional. Act like you've done it before. And don't be getting your team flagged, guys, because, okay, you get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty in a game that you're winning 70-13 to 13 at the end of the day. So you can look and say that flag made zero difference in the football game whatsoever. But if you start giving up 15 free yards for celebrations against Texas A&M or Clemson, that can cost you a game. All right? So how you do anything is how you do everything. That's what Mario always says. Like, don't act differently – 
against Bethune-Cookman or against Southern Miss next week than you would against, or you should, against Texas A&M and Clemson and all of your ACC opponents. So I thought that was an important moment. And, you know, big picture-wise with Cristobal, I'm just, I'm so happy for Mario. And I know Susan Miller-Degnan in the Miami Herald has written just a great story about Cristobal's journey, right? His journey back to Miami, what it means to him to be the head coach of the Hurricanes. He's a South Florida kid. Miami Columbus high school grad, Miami Hurricanes player, won two national championships on the field, part of a national championship winning coaching staff later on as an assistant coach. You know, he's well-traveled now. He's worked under Nick Saban at Alabama, head coach at Oregon, did some really good things there. Mario's back home. I know it means everything to him. And it was really awesome to see the AD, Dan Radakovich, give Mario uh, a special game ball afterwards. So that was my my big third takeaway. Um, you know, something we did see uh, confirmed yesterday, Jacoby George, wide receiver, who hopefully can become a big offensive threat on this team because he he averaged 26.2 yards per catch last year. That, that guy could be a deep threat. Uh, he was suspended yesterday, right? We kind of figured that because early last week in practice, he was seen wearing Bethune-Cookman colors, part of the scout team. And usually when you have somebody like that on the scout team, it means he may be suspended for disciplinary reasons uh, the first game. Miami had uh, a few people suspended. He was the biggest name out of the bunch. And uh, reportedly it was due to uh, missing curfews. So Jacoby George suspended for the first two games. So he had to miss yesterday's game. He's going to have to miss the Southern Miss game as well. He will be eligible to play against Texas A&M. And, you know, I, I hope he can put everything together this year. Because like we talked about, Xavier Restrepo is the clear number one option at wide receiver. Miami does have solid options at tight end. Mallory, Arroyo, and I think Skinner can be special as well. He had a 30-yard catch yesterday. And you've got at least two running backs were capable receivers out of the backfield. You saw it from Parrish. We've seen it before from Knighton. I think Thad Franklin can be dangerous as a receiver as well. He had at least one big catch last year, did Franklin. He's got soft hands. Uh, but as far as wide receiver goes, outside of Restrepo, we are yet to figure out who the second big-time option is in that receiving core. So hopefully once Jacoby George is back and fully ready, he can be one of those guys and – uh well, that, that moves us because uh, we did have a receiver stand out in a big way on special teams, right? So all that special teams looked nice yesterday. Keyshawn Smith. <sighs> Keyshawn Smith woke up feeling dangerous. He looked great as a kick returner. Restrepo had a big kick return as well. So it, it's nice when you see like Miami, I guess, is like developing that old school Virginia Tech mentality, like the Beamer ball thing where – you know, why not use some of your best players on special teams? Like special teams doesn't have to be just for third and fourth stringers. Sometimes if you have your most dangerous players make, playing special teams, they're going to make dangerous plays. So I like that. Um, Lou Headley, what an easy night for him. Lou Headley, zero punts. Miami scored 10 touchdowns, no punts. Uh, so that also meant no no field goal tries for Andy Borgalis, but he did go 10 for 10 on his extra points. And, yeah, the only time we actually saw Lou Headley on the field was when he was holding the snaps. He was the holder for the 10 extra points. 
Um, I, I assume he had, I didn't, wasn't really paying attention to some of those late extra points. I think he held all of them, but he was the holder for Andy Borigalis. And so that was the only time we actually had to see Lou Headley out there. So guys, let me know, did I miss any major takeaways from this game? Offensive line, solid running game, solid, no drops, no sacks given up some blown coverage on defense. Uh, they're, Tackling was not great. Definitely some stuff to work on there. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. You can follow us on Locked on Canes. It's at Locked on Canes on Twitter. If you follow us, we will follow you back. If you write us a comment or a question, there's a good chance we're going to read it on a future episode. You can follow my personal as well, Alex Dono. Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And I did have a chance to see a few viewers and listeners out there yesterday now, um, I, I slacked a little bit because I said I was going to go tailgate hopping. You know, I wasn't going to get sloshed or anything because I was, I was there to work. But I did say I was going to go tailgate hopping. When I got to the stadium a little bit later than I'd planned, and it was like 100 degrees outside, humidity was like 800%, <laughs> I may have passed on the tailgate hopping. And also, I had to park on the like the opposite end of the stadium as to where I had to enter for the media section. So I burned like a million calories just walking from my car to the media entrance. But when I was on my way in and on my way out, I got a chance to see uh, a handful of our viewers and listeners out there. And uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you for recognizing me, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at, uh, at every home game this year. So we'll see you guys out there. And then may, maybe once it gets a little cooler outside, I'll do some tailgate hopping. I'll be drinking like seltzer water because, you know, again, I'm working member of the media. I, I, cannot, I cannot get sloshed out there before, during games. So hopefully we'll see more of you out there. And, yeah, uh, let, let's talk about a big week of shows coming up. We're going to talk more about the Bethune-Cookman win on tomorrow's episode because we're going to kick off a big week. But we're also going to start looking ahead, not only to Southern Miss as an opponent, because, listen, again, this is not a game you should lose, but it's definitely a step up from Bethune-Cookman. Like, the competition is going to be going up and up from week after week at this point. And September 17th is going to be a really, really big one when the Hurricanes go to College Station. Uh, we're going to give out game balls for yesterday's uh, W, uh, you know, we're going to talk more about uh, Mario's breakdown because Cristobal is going to be doing a couple more media appearances uh, before tomorrow's episode. So we have a lot to get to, guys. We're going to be talking more recruiting. We had some big official and unofficial visits at yesterday's game. We're going to break down all the fallout from that as, uh, you know, if Miami keeps racking up W's and keeps looking good out there, Recruiting is going to pick up again in a big way. So I want to thank everyone for taking time out of your day to listen to this and or watch this. Available free, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods. We're available free on YouTube as well. Just search for us, Locked on Canes, on all platforms. And make sure you're supporting the entire network. Like Locked on ACC, what an awesome job Candace Cooper and the local experts do. They take you through the conference in 30 minutes or less every single day. Make Locked on ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you again tomorrow for a big Monday episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.